Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Hmm. It's delightful. Uh, and I'll share if you're on video, you'll be able to see. But look at this super cute mug that I got. Isn't that the best? I confess that I uh, bought it for myself when I was Christmas shopping. I always feel like that's one of the ultimate, um, I don't want to say sin, but uh, you're not supposed to shop for yourself when you're Christmas shopping, right? But I spotted it and I thought about like trying to tell my husband where it was and what to look for. And then I was just like, screw it. I'm just buying it for myself. So <laughs> it's so cute. Uh, so if you're not on video, it's um, it's huge, which, you know, I love for my latte. And it's red with little white polka dots of different shapes and sizes. And it's got a slightly uneven rim. And it's on a saucer with two little mushrooms that the caps have a matching color. And it's um, it looks like something out of Alice in Wonderland. And it's adorable. So, hey, Happy New Year. <laughs> I feel like I buried the lead there. But really, it is all about the coffee cup. Uh, today is... January 1st, 2024. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Pretty exciting, huh? New year, fresh, brand spanking new, ready to be filled with delightful things. I'm feeling revved. Um, I took two weeks off. Uh, so some of you who may track these things, I never can tell how much people really track these things, but I apologize. I did not do a podcast on Friday. Uh, I just wasn't feeling it. I was like still wanting to have my vacation. So I didn't do it. Um, I turned in Onira on Friday the 15th and I have not done any writing work since then. Now I have done business and I'll talk about that some, but um, yeah, no, no writing work and all that time. And it was interesting that maybe the longest break I've taken. No, I take it back. It's not because in August of 2019, when we went to Worldcon in Ireland, we went to um, Dublin and then drove around Ireland. I did take all of that time off of writing. But so it goes. Uh but yeah, this this feels good. I'm today going to get my head back into the Amethyst run and finish writing that. Uh, yeah, so that'll be. I'm feeling good about it. I'm I'm gonna have to like get my head into it. Part of what I'm going to do to ramp up is get my progress count set up for the year. Um, my stats for last year. It was interesting. It was my lowest writing year ever uh since i've been counting since i've been keeping track it was lower even than 2022 which was my lowest year to date i started tracking in 2012 so in a decade um i wrote 336,814 words in 2023 which i know is still decent uh but yeah my lowest year ever but interestingly enough if I do, it's a somewhat arbitrary calculation, but it just gives me a feeling. If I look at how much money I made 
and how many words I wrote, uh, I made more money per word this year than ever. So I don't know if there's a really strong take-home me message there, except that long-time listeners will know that I have been working on trying to work smarter, not harder, which feels a little too, um, I don't know, jingle jangle to me, but it's, it's been a good principle. It's something that uh, my bestie Grace Draven and I have talked about several times because the thing is, is we can't work harder. We've both sort of tapped out on working hard. And so we were trying to figure out ways that we could still level up our careers, um, you know, do better overall, uh, another vague phrase, right? But, you know, make, you know, be able to manage this career as a full-time writer, uh, supporting our families, making sure that the money is coming in, not feeling stressed by the work by and still producing work that we're proud of, that we feel good about. So, so yeah, I think um, it's, in, it, I guess part of the take home is, is that for me, writing a lot of words has always been something that I have been good at. Uh, and I'm still very much a proponent of sort of breaking up the idea that speed is correlated to quality. It does not mean that if you go faster that you do poorer work or if the reverse, that by going slowly you do better work. That's just not, it's not true. I think we're taught that and it's not true. On the other hand, and I don't know exactly what it is, part, part of the reason I wrote less this year was I really was trying to to go more, go easier on myself, to put less pressure on myself. So uh, December, for example, you know, I could have, if I'd had a really productive December, I would have matched or beat 2022. But I um, <laughs> did not, reader. Uh I, I did 12,589 words in December, in part because I took two weeks off. And the rest of the weeks that I was writing, uh, I was revising. So I wasn't drafting. But it's interesting because I released Twisted Magic at the end of November. And it's been really great to see the reviews on it. Um, one of my longtime faithful readers, uh, posted a review saying that I was firing on all, all cylinders for this book um, and made me really happy that, you know, like this third in the trilogy that it is, it, 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 it seems to be almost universally being received as an excellent book. And that, that really makes me happy. And I feel like with writing Onira that that is a really excellent book and that that showed, uh, I, I rarely feel like any of my books are better than others, but I feel like I was really hitting my stride this year. And so I, I'm sort of reconciling myself to the idea that writing fewer words is, is not only okay, but actually good for me. 
uh, as an aside, oh, excuse me, that, that's your extra Happy New Year jingle. Uh, before I forget, I meant to mention that there will be an exciting event coming up in January, January 20th, uh, through sponsored by SIFWA, and it's called HEA Quest. Uh, the Romance Steering Committee in SIFWA is uh, sponsoring the event, and there's going to be several, excuse me, roundtables, discussions, panels. So I'm going to read to you some of the events that will be. It's going to be online. Uh, anyone can attend. Pay your $10 and register. Uh, there's going to be an editor roundtable that will, it's going to start at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, editor roundtable will include Monique Patterson, Liz Pelletier, and Melissa Frame, uh, which I just think is kind of funny because I know all of them very well. And th I didn't have anything to do with them getting picked for this. Then at the next hour at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific time, Sarah Cannon and Becca Syme are going to talk about HE, or, sorry, burnout and time management. And then at 11 a.m., there is going to be a talk on marketing through newsletters. And following that, at noon Pacific time, there will be a social. So, uh, I will not be attending the newsletter one because you all know that I just loathe newsletters. Though it's been pointed out to me, I still have one. Uh, oh, another cool thing that happened was I got tagged on TikTok by a reader who had discovered the Covenant of Thorns books and she loved reading those. So it was funny because um, she compared them to another fairy romance book that's out there and said, you know, how come more people aren't talking about these books? Because I think they're better. And I was like, because they're, they're hella old <laughs> and republished and all of this, but I'm hoping that this will give them a boost, give them a new life. Uh, the money for my advance from tour came in on December 22nd. So I really appreciated everyone moving heaven and earth to get that money in. Uh, with that money, I made almost exactly the same as I made in 2022. So I was really glad to get it in that tax year because I'm hoping that this year will go up. Um, I'm anticipating that it will. And along those lines, I am moving to quarterly tax reporting. I may have mentioned this before. So this is a bit on author finances. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about it, and I said, you know, this might be going too much into the weeds, and you might not be interested and all that. And, you know, I said, I know it's a little esoteric. And she said, no, you forget I was a freelancer before she was married to uh, her very wealthy husband. So, you know, it's just different how people manage money. When we talk about being a full-time writer, what that means, uh, you know, is it, ha you really have to look at when people say that they could afford to quit their day job, it can mean many, many things. And one of them is 
do they have a spouse with a salaried job? Do they have a spouse that has health insurance and other benefits? Because that makes a huge difference. The big thing about being a writer, uh, probably any kind of freelance creative, is this is the challenge. Budgeting, we are all taught that the way to budget is you you learn you budget so that you live within your means, right? You look at how much money is coming in and you adjust your living expenses so that you live within that and hopefully have some left over for disposable income, right? Well, when you are a freelancer, that's almost impossible to do because you don't know how much money you have coming in from month to month. Now, ideally, you have a really substantial nest egg and you so that you have like and and to me this would be my ideal would be to have enough money to cover everything for a year so that I'm working that far out uh that's not easy to do uh and so one of the the things that I'm trying to do and so I spent a lot of time uh, over the last few days, doing business, um, crunching all of my year-end financials, getting royalties out to everybody for the anthologies that we have participated in together, uh, and prepping my taxes. Because uh, one thing that's difficult to predict is, because I don't have any withholding, right? If you have a job, you have withholding. Uh, I could have Amazon do withholding for me which would make the IRS happy, but I would rather have that money. However, it does mean that I need to do my quarterly taxes. I need to be able to estimate how much I'm going to owe because if at the end of the year I owe the IRS money, and I don't know if everybody knows this. Um, I don't think I fully understood it uh, before, and I feel like I'm fairly savvy about finances. But if you don't do withholding, and if at the end of the year, you owe the IRS money, even if you pay them what you owe, you still get fined for <laughs> like being late paying them. Even though you're not really late, it's because they had to wait to get their money. They really, really want people to do withholding, uh, which, you know, I used to do that when you go when I had the job, I had withholding and then you get your your refund, your tax refund. And that's the government would very much prefer that we do it that way. And I mean, I could, and in some ways that's part of what I'm doing is by going to this quarterly reporting. So I'm getting together all of the data for 2023. I've gone through all of my accounts, uh, co you know, compiled all of that information. I absolutely deduct my home office, which you see around you. I was saying to uh, in one of my author groups as I was sort of chatting with them as I was crunching these numbers that I feel like I should be able to deduct house cleaning. And somebody said, you should, because she does, that it is still part of maintaining that home office. And I thought, yeah. so I added that in. So we'll see what my accountant thinks of that. Uh, but it is part of maintaining the house, right? Maintaining my office space. If I had an office, and this is part of how you figure it out. If you had an office, what would you have to pay for? You know, your electricity and your utilities and keeping it 
upright, you know, no holes in the walls and that sort of thing. But also you would have a cleaning service in an office, right? So we'll see if that's an allowable uh, deduction. And, and that is one of the great tricks with, with taxes, especially in the U.S. I don't know how it works if you're in other places, but, you know, having all of your business expenses to counter the money that's coming in so that in the U.S. you really want to avoid paying self-employment tax because that's an extra hit. Uh, so um, I still need to finish going through the credit cards. I decided to wait until they did their year-end summaries because that makes it much easier. But then I'll be done. I'm, I'm kind of amazed. I'm really feel like I'm starting the year ahead and that's a good feeling. I also went through and figured out with the money that I got from Torrance and some other savings that I have, I sort of plotted out my budget to August. And what I did was I looked at my very lowest income month uh, from 2022 because part of the reason that I didn't, or I'm sorry, 2023, uh, part of the reason I didn't make as much money uh, until I got that tour money, which was the big bump, right, was because I only had two indie releases in 2023. And hopefully I will not let that happen again, but it's that balancing, right? I've talked about this a whole lot, that when you write something for traditional publishing, which I'm going to be doing with Amethyst Run and finishing that book uh, and take that back out on submission complete and see if we could sell that. Otherwise I'll self-publish that if they, if we don't sell it. But you know, it, it, it's when I write a book like twisted magic, I write it and I get it up and I have the money from it a couple months later. Whereas like all the time I spent writing amethyst run this last year, uh, I still don't have any money for it. So that's part of the trade-off there. But what I did was I thought, okay, you know, I have a substantial backlist. I'm very fortunate that way. And so I can look at how much money I make in like, and so this was 2023 was a good test year for that because, because I went seven months. I had to go count seven months without a new release, which kills you on the algorithms on the sites. And also you just don't have that new thing. So I looked at what my backlist generates at that nadir. And I figured that's my minimum income. And then I have David's retirement stipend and I have social and his social security. So those things together aren't quite enough to meet our basic expenses, uh, much less more. But what that did give me was like how much I need. To, it's like, okay, I can count on that much, but you know, hopefully cause, cause that book income could go down, but it, it, it at least lets me ballpark it. And then I looked at how much I have in savings. And then with doing my taxes quarterly, I'll be able to know in a more granular way how I'm doing on that balance between expenses and income and not have surprises at the end of the year. We don't like the unpleasant surprises. So uh, I'm feeling good about that. I'm feeling excited. There are some things that it's kind of funny to get 
a big chunk of money like that and feel like look in your account. It's like, I have so much money and, and I have holes in my armchairs and I would like to go buy new armchairs. It's one thing I'm thinking about, but I'm waiting so I can, till I can get a little bit more ahead because finally I'm feeling like I am not running behind the train. Uh, yeah. So it's a good feeling. And I'm excited to get back to work today. So I hope that you all had um, a great break over the holidays, even if you don't celebrate. Uh, I know it's kind of a nice downtime because a lot of other people aren't at work. It's been kind of great not getting emails and stuff. So, uh, so yeah, it was, a, it was a good fallow time for me, and I am feeling revved and ready to go. I hope that you are too. And here we go, 2024, let's make it awesome. I will talk to you all on Friday. You all take care. Bye-bye.